looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday, January 9. We're now plotting a daily path to the Magic Millions next Saturday, only a week away. Of course, the big $2 million two-year-old feature, the three-year-old guineas as well, and a host of other feature races. The tab now has fixed odds up on all of those races, bar the maiden. That's for next Saturday. So you can certainly have a look there and you might find one at value before the barrier draw comes along. So we had a great day of racing yesterday. We saw two two-year-olds get into the Magic Millions next week, increasing their bank balances to make sure that they earned a start of the 16-horse field. But despite all of that, the uh, faith uh, with the tab remains unshaken with Cool and Gatta. She's at $1.70. Hasn't moved and she holds only 50% of the market. So she is going to go to the post, a short price favourite. Of course, there is one more stop-off point, the barrier draw on Tuesday, just where she draws will have, well, can affect her price to one way or the other. But uh, I think even if she drew 16, she'll still run the favourite. But we'll talk more about that this morning. And, of course, listen to uh, some of the feature races from yesterday. We've got a host of interviews as well. Some of the major players will speak to this morning. Nathan Exelby is joining me. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Really well, thanks, David. Good morning to you and everyone. Have got you, Nathan. He should you be got there. Me now, David? We might just see if we can take a break. Um, Nathan will be with us soon, and we'll discuss uh, the races yesterday, including Wheelhouse's win in the, the Wave. You there now, Nathan? You've got me, David, or not? I've got you. You're extremely low, but I've got you now. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks, David. Good morning to you and everyone. I'm hearing you loud and clear, though, so that's that's one positive. Well, that's, well, that's the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I was just mentioning at the top of the show, um, despite uh, uh, Mashani Sparta, Miss Hellfire securing runs in the millions next week, Kulangata, tab unmoved, $1.70, so she retains her dominance. Yes, she does. Um, I think it sort of takes on uh, maybe a Cool and Gatta versus Snowden type feel now, David. They've got the two runners uh, in the race. We know how good they are with their their juveniles. And um, you know, Paul Snowden's comments yesterday certainly he's not running away from the clash with uh, Cool and Gatta, is he? Certainly not. We'll come to the two-year-old racing shortly, but let's go to the feature of the day. This was the Tab Wave over the eighteen hundred metres for the three and four-year-olds, a quarter of a million dollar race. And in the end, the favourite was Lord Ardmore for the Chris Wallace stable. They pack up now, coming to the turn. Just over 400 left to run. And Love Tap attempting to go from Barry the Box. But Lord Ardmore moved up on the outside, struggling now. Telephone Booth has gone, then Zenifer. See Marie starts to work into the picture. Star Rail with plenty of work to do. Wheelhouse still running on. Lord Ardmore in a battle with Love Tap. Coming at the pair with Zenifer. See Marie down the outside and then Wheelhouse. Zenifer's reached the lead with 100 metres left to go. Lord Ardmore boxes away. Wheelhouse is charging. Have a look at Wheelhouse. Up on the outside, hit the lead and won. Wheelhouse first, beat Zenifer. Third over the line, Lord Ardmore. Not sure about fourth, Seamarie, Tamalade there, then confrontational. Followed by Love Tap and then came Telephone Booth. Then June 45, gaps to Abracadazzle, Good Soys, Star Eldon put in and Lethal Warning out towards the tail in a gallop of 150 and 83. No one doubted Wheelhouse's ability, but the facts and figures were that he'd only won one from 13 prior to yesterday's race. Nevertheless, he had admirers in the betting, $6.50 down to $4.80, and ridden a cold race by Larry Cassidy with a good speed to help him. Wheelhouse rallied well at the end too. To beat Zenifer, it looked as though it was going to be a local victory, and Lord Armour seemingly having his chance in third position. So Larry Cassidy was the winning rider of, of, of uh, Wheelhouse. He's joining us now. Larry, good morning. Yes, good morning. Mate, congratulations. You went to the, to the race yesterday with a plan in mind. It doesn't always work out, but for you yesterday, it came to fruition. Yeah, it surely did. Um, obviously, I, I, I watch all the videos of the horses that I haven't never ridden before, and um, I usually always go back and watch when, they, when they've when they last won, and I noticed he won a race on the inside at um, the Kenzo track and come from, come from a long way back um, off a hot speed, and rounding them up pretty well for us for a very soft win so i was sort of hoping um my instructions were to go a little bit quieter because he's been ridden a bit closer in uh, in past races and uh my that my instructions were to ride him conservatively so 
Um, obviously, um, you know, the Wallace Stable, that was their plan as well. And, you know, our plans matched up and uh, everything came came through to be 100%. Larry, with those two Group 1 races that he'd raced so well in during the, the Sydney autumn, being less than two lengths in, in behind Lions Roar and Moonga, he had the best form in the race at his best. It was just that query of whether or not he was a winner or not. Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, there was a cloud over that and... Um, you know, he'd sort of, you know, even at Hawkesbury, he'd sort of, you know, he looked the winner and sort of just failed sort of the line. So, you know, there was always that cloud whether he was wanting to wanting to see the winning post first. But um, he certainly did yesterday, but he, he is a bit of a thinker. You can feel it underneath you. <laughs> Larry, have you, have you spoken to the stable regarding his, will he back up next week? No, look, I'm I'm pretty sure that was the plan to, to run him next week. Um uh, I'm not sure whether I retain the ride or not. I see his favourite, David, in the, the 1,800-metre race next week in those tab markets. Uh, it's been a good couple of weeks for you, Larry, with regards to the Wallace Stable, having won that other stakes race on, on Kubrick. Yes, yeah, it's been a, been a great couple of weeks. And um, yeah, also, um, yeah, I won, won a couple of maidens you know, in between. For Chris, so it's it's great to sort of be able being able to get the opportunity to to put your leg over their horses on a regular basis because um you know even if you if you're not on the favoured one or the you know if you're on the second or third or even fourth string or sometimes you know you've got a great chance. Just talking about Kubrick, Larry, um, I often mention this that, that an old trainer said to me once that some horses have no ability at all and they never will have any ability. He said some horses have ability and they just lose their way, but they don't lose their ability. Kubrick seems to be a classic case of that, that we knew he was a very good two-year-old and three-year-old, but then he was winless for a while. But no horse is racing better at the moment. Yeah, no, he's racing really well and, and certainly has the will to win, which he's shown you know, in his last few runs. So, um, you know, whether I was just lucky getting on him at the right time and being able to win on him after not being able to find the winning post for a couple of years... Um, yeah, I don't know, but um, I think he had a he had a change of gear blinkers on, so you know maybe I just got on him at the right time. <laughs> Tell us about you yourself, Larry. Look, horses seem to be really running for you at the moment. Is that coinciding with you feeling pretty good within yourself in terms of the injuries that we know have been well documented over the last seven or eight years? Yeah, look, I'm 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 really enjoying it at the moment. Um, I think maybe maybe just getting on some better cattle has certainly helped. Um, uh, and making me look good, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it, uh, if lot anyone's of... got a horse that can't win for a couple of years, maybe give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our younger listeners, um, I don't think fully appreciate just how good a jockey uh, Larry Caster is and was, and they should go and have a look at your CV because uh, you've got a great riding record. Just before we let you go, in, in terms of next Saturday, any firm bookings there for the big races next week? Uh, only Miss Hipster at the stage in the Guineas. Um, yeah, and she's been she's been racing very well. She has. Um, uh, so quite excited to be on her next Saturday in the Guineas, fourteen hundred, um, and I think she'll run very well. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning, and congratulations on yesterday. Uh, much appreciated. Thanks, Larry Cassidy, joining us, our first guest here on Past the Post as we review the Wave Race Day. And yeah, he went out there with a plan, which was a, a plan that, that that worked out. Yeah, that's really interesting how he said, you know, he noted the, the one win of the horse where he sat off speed because he had been sort of sitting on speed and just sort of one batting away. And that was my concern where he was going to get to from that draw. But um, the tactics obviously turned out perfectly. And then he got a, a genuinely run race to, to boot and um, you know, he proved himself the best horse in that race and uh, as, as his best form had said it was. Um, it's been interesting to see, David, if he can book now two wins together in the space of a week. That's the, the same double that Paradis did last year and um, you'd think he'd be pretty well placed in that race come next Saturday. Certainly. Zennifer and C. Marie Quinella, that race on Boxing Day, they franked that form. They, they both ran really well running second and fourth and Lord Ardmore splitting them. The disappointment on face value was Starella. No, you were keen on it. I gave her a great chance. She was beaten almost 15 lengths, but I think um, Craig Williams reported to stewards that she may not have handled the track because that run was way out of character. Yeah, it was, even though she, she's a bit of a non-winner like Wheelhouse had been. Um, yeah, obviously, that's just way below her best and um, something I, I noticed that nothing was found in the post-race vet examination, but um, yeah, we know she's a whole lot better than that. 
Well, that was the term wave. Let's turn our attention out of these two two-year-old races. This is the last opportunity to earn money to get into the big race next week. Let's have a listen to the gold nugget for the males. And in the end, it was a, a, a good battle for favouritism, but Hell I Am reigned supreme at the end, went off at $2.90. Hellingham shifted about six or seven away from the rail. He's got a lewd's measure. Now he has to try and withstand the challenge from Swiss Exile. Heroic Son battling away well. Stupendo at this point not in it. Hellingham a lewd raising it ever to get on the outside. Then Swiss Exile. Stupendo hitting top gear now. And I can see Mashani Spartan. Have a look at him. Right along the inside. Mashani Spartan. Stupendo up to second. But Mashani Spartan, he's a giant killer again. He beats Stupendo in a lewd. Hellingham hit the brick wall. So did Swiss Exile. Heroic Sun right up there, then Extremity, and then gaps to King of Wan Chai, Narnia, and Bonagura out at the tail in 1.599. It was literally a last-to-first victory with stand-in jockey Brett Preble going to the inside and Mashani Spartan finishing all over the top of them. Two from two. He's in the Magic Millions next week. And Les Ross's trainer joins us this morning. Les, good morning. Morning, David. Morning, Nathan. I want to ask you one question before we start. This has been bugging the hell out of me. This horse won... <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask you. This horse won on New Year's Eve at Ipswich and, again, similar to yesterday, produced a really strong finish. I watched his barrier trial when I was doing the form for that race at Doombin. I think he got beaten 12 lengths. What happened between then and the race? Well, that was a pretty good trial when you think of it. I actually got him shod the day before and had heavy shoes put on him. Uh, unintentionally, I didn't do it deliberate, but uh, just so happened we had him shod the day before and he had heavies put on and he got beat 41 the trial before that, so he'd actually improved 30 lengths and if you take six off for the shoes, we're, we're not far off the mark, are we? Oh, you've explained it clearly. <laughs> I, should have re- I should have known that myself. <laughs> uh, no, he's, uh, he, certainly, he certainly improved and he certainly surprised me um, yesterday to, for the, them sort of horses like Ipswich was... A pleasant surprise, but it was a real shock um, uh, yesterday. And, and uncanny, Mike Crooks probably goes to the races three, four times a year, and he was at both their meetings, so uh, we ought to make sure he's there next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be there next Saturday with, with bells on, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's on a more serious note, I guess. Three horses you've qualified for this race next week out of 16. That's a, that's a fantastic achievement by any measure, but for a stable, it doesn't you know, have huge numbers. Do you take some nice personal satisfaction in, in being able to have achieved that? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's great. It's not just me. Everyone uh, congratulated me yesterday. It's a big effort, team effort in the sense that we've got, uh, we've got a huge uh, mob of workers out on the farm and, and, and I've got uh, eight staff here in Brisbane and uh, a, lot of, a lot of work goes in behind the scenes. And these horses come in, um, as, as I said yesterday, in December and we just go in and out, in and out, like they come in for two weeks and out for two weeks, in for two weeks, out for two weeks, and um, they just keep uh, going backwards and forwards. And Mike brought me 10 yearlings at the sales. He spent half a million for 10, and um, out of the 10, I couldn't get one of them in. So we had 30, and we got three. So it's very nice to have his three because he actually, anything that's got Mashani in front of it, is bred on the farm, and any all the other horses like Spanish Angels, uh, Alert State, uh, Purple Song. I, I, there's a lot, there was ten of them, and uh, unfortunately I couldn't uh, get one of them in. But uh, hopefully next year we can uh, go bigger and better again. The good thing is too, Les. In most cases, when these horses arrive at the track and, and can win, if they can win, it's 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 great. But the story goes back several years, doesn't it? For example, Mashani Spartans by Hassan. Out of Monticelli. Now, I'm pretty certain you trained her. She won three or four races, and yeah. and Mike had her, and then he, he, he's got a big band of broodmares. So, when these horses win, it must be very fulfilling on a number of fronts. Yeah, it's really, it is really good, and, and it's good in the sense that you sort of know their, their, their traits. It's, it's funny, often um, Simone will say, Oh, you know, that's out of Monticelli, or you know, that's out of this, and I'll go, No, I didn't realise that. Um, because but they, they're very similar in uh, in what they do. But she was very much the same Monticelli. She'd get back and come off a whirlwind uh, run. And if you rode her up, upside down, in the sense if you pushed her out and got her to the front, she wouldn't finish off. So uh, I, I think that's how that horse will have to be ridden uh, again on Saturday. Uh, Les, we know the horse has to go through a sale ring to be Magic Millions qualifying. You outlined how these are ones that Mike bred. I checked this this morning. 
He's gone through the national yearling sale and two thousand dollars he's made there. What do you put him under the cloak of darkness? Does he where, where no one else is there? <laughs> no, no. It's um, it's quite a common practice where these people that breed horses um, uh, are going to buy buy back, and um, most people come up and ask how they buy back. But I remember one year we were sitting there and. Uh, there was a horse called uh, Mechanic Bullet, I'm pretty sure it was, and he was a nice big chestnut horse, and, and he, he, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I said, Mike, let him go. <laughs> 70,000 he bought him back, so he's got to pay the cop on that. So um, someone just liked the horse. and um, So if someone does want to try and buy him, but he he he, he keeps him, and, um, uh, and good luck to him, really, because he does put a fair bit, not a fair bit, a, a real lot into racing, like... Um, no one would really understand how much he puts in because uh, there wouldn't be... I don't think there'd be anyone that, that would put in as much as him in Queensland. And um, he, he deserves every uh, every win he gets, really, because um, everything he he wins, he puts back into him. The, the horse intrigues me. Uh, I'm going back to where we started from. I mean, I know what you said about the trial. I get all that. But, 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 but the win, there was no fluke about the win at Ipswich. And, I, and, and certainly it wasn't a strong race. I get that as well. But again yesterday, like, he was not just in a bunched-up last. He was a clear last and just mowed them down. So we know he can handle rain-affected tracks as well. It seems like this horse, every time he steps out, goes to another level. Yeah, he certainly improved yesterday. And that was probably a big thanks to Jackson Morris, who rode the horse uh, the first start. And uh, he was friends with John Thompson. And John trained a lot of Hussons uh, for Packnack. Um, a few years back, and he talked to him that night and said, mate, them horses improve panels with um, blinkers. Mm. And Jackson said, for what it's worth, I'll tell you. And uh, we put the blinkers on him. And he, he, he's not an easy horse to train, but he's not the hardest. Um, and we put the blinkers on him, and he, he really did ch- turn around. Um, he, he wasn't jacking up. Or, he's just got a, f- a few little quirks about him, but um, he was a different horse with the blinkers. And even yesterday parading, he, he paraded a lot better and, uh, he certainly raced better than the first start, but um, he, he has to improve a bit if he's uh, going to beat the Phillies. They run a, nearly a second faster. So, mm. uh, and there was a couple in that race that were a bit unlucky. Uh, heroic son was chopped out there, fifty out, and so we might have been lucky to win. Uh, just outline to the listeners, Les, what the story was with Jackson not riding him yesterday, and also where you're at with with jockeys for your three runners next week. Yeah, well, Nathan, I've been training 38 years. I don't put jockeys on until acceptances, and I'm, I'm not going to change for next week. We still haven't got jockeys for any of the horses. We've got a few in the pipeline, but Jackson uh, Jackson and um, Jimmy Orman, uh, two jockeys that come to the farm on a regular basis and ride the horses out there, and uh, it's only fair to look after them who look after us. So, uh, unfortunately, Jackson rang me yesterday morning, said he just felt cook and he needed a COVID test, so... Uh, I thought he was joking at first, but uh, he was serious. So, uh, um, so yeah, so he's out of action until uh, until he gets this test or it comes back negative. Uh, hopefully, it will. But um, and we said to Brett to get Brett on the horse. Um, we rang the manager Liam and uh, said, look, we got two in the millions, and if um, he was to um, ride this horse and if it run one two it'll get in the millions and he can have the choice of the three so we we really uh offered him three if he could win on the horse and he's done that and i don't know which one he'll choose but uh i think he did say that he had another ride in the race but he wasn't sure if it would get a run so we still don't even know if it has got a run and we don't know what's happening at the moment so at the moment um i really haven't got a jockey for any of the horses but um yeah, as as it always turns out, there's always someone there that will willing to uh, give you a go, and especially on a day like the Millions, there'll be plenty of them floating around, and um, they're all they're all good jockeys when they're on good horses, aren't they? Yeah. What was Brett Premble's comments to you after the race regarding the horse? Nice horse, uh, still raw barely, and uh, will improve from that, and uh, he mightn't win the Millions, but you're going to have a lot of fun with him. That was his words. You certainly. Now, there's. I wrote your retirement story twice during my time at the Courier Mail. Uh, I've read another retirement story since I've left the Courier Mail, and you've just said to us this morning, can't wait for the next lot of uh, two-year-olds next year. So so when is this retirement uh, happening? Well, you can put this on uh, on record. I, I never. Every time I was going to retire, I hadn't sold my stables, and I had my stables up for sale for over two years from when I first was going to retire. Uh, luckily for me, two, two months ago, I signed a contract for a year uh, to sell the stables, and they will be gone in October. Mm-hmm. And in October, the 10th of October, I think the settlement day is. And Mike said to me, or oh, about a month ago, he said, you're not going to 
walk out before the millions, eh? I said, no, the millions is next month or two months away. <laughs> and he said, no, but the, the year after, he said, you're going to have all these other babies. And I said, oh. So we agreed uh, that I'd stay on till millions next year. So I've, I've got uh, one year and uh, six days and um, whatever you want. If you can give me even money, I'll put my house on it because... Um, <laughs> I'm uh, definitely hanging up the bridle. Unfortunately, it's been good to me. Racing's been great to me. And since I've said retirement, I want to say it a few more times, retirement, 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 because every time I say it, I get a winner. <laughs> um, hopefully we can win uh, one today and one next week. But, um, no, I, I'm dead set serious about it. I, I just um, I, I've worked hard all my life, and uh, I, I just think I see too many things. Like poor old Chris uh, Caserta the other day, it, it even... Uh, brings back memories. Like you just, you're a long time dead, and uh, you never know when when your time's up. And I, I really want to travel and see Australia. And if I get a chance, I'll go to the world. But um, I, I'm I'm deadly serious. I'm finishing the year in uh, six days. It's going to be uh, it's going to be hard, but it's it's going to happen. Good on you. And, and win, lose, or draw next Saturday. I, I know you're a modest man, but deep down, you'd be mighty proud that not only you've got them there, but your good mate Mike Crooks has as well. You're a great team and. Great to see you win yesterday. Appreciate your kind words, David. There he is, Les Ross, joining us. Look, uh, this Mashani Spartan, I mean, uh, you know, he keeps getting up at the, at, the, at the big odds, but there's there's no fluke about the performances, Nathan. No, he's strong to the line. Obviously, they, they love some rain to, to fall uh, next week to have another wet track. I'm not sure that's going to eventuate or not, but look, he's got the same profile as Le Chef now, who, who won at Ipswich, went to that week before and was able to sort of cause an upset in the big one um, seven days later. So, look, you've got to be in it to win it. And um, as you say, David, he'll, he'll be strong at the end and um, probably beat more home than, than uh, beat him. Let's put our form hats on here and, and be uh, be hard markers. Uh, and Les did make the point in the interview that they ran a second slower than the Phillies, but there was very good tempo in this race. Yeah, the sort of slower overall time, slower sectional. So it's sort of it's hard to make a case to why why that race would be elevated above the the other one. I would think, in terms of assessing uh, next week. Um, I know there was some some interference in the race. Ryan Maloney was suspended for his ride on, on Swiss Exile. Um, that's an interesting line, I think, David. If you want to pursue that one, Swiss Exile was third to Cool and Gatter and was disappointing again yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I just still think it's a fascinating race, this two-year-old, and I'm interested in, in Paul Snowden's comments when we get him on the line shortly. Yeah, just on that, I've been thinking about this all week. Every time I think, oh, maybe I'm... I'm not saying cool and get a... Yeah, I'm not potting it, but I, I think, um, you know, maybe she's a risk, maybe she's too short. I keep remembering what Tony Gollan said to us, that when she was there at the stable, she couldn't get much fitter. Yeah, and that's that's a really interesting line. So, look, I, I would put it like this. The Jim Crack run wins it. The McLaughlin run makes it a very, very open Magic Millions. Well, let's continue our discussion on the two-year-olds, and we'll go to the Phillies now, the Gold Pearl. This was a really clustered market, four or five around the four to five dollar mark. Here's the replay. In the straight, though, Departo headed off by Miss Hellfire, who booted to the lead, but Perfect Mission is looking a strong danger. Stroll under pressure, then Mouet, and Honeypot starting to put him down the outside. Miss Hellfire, the inside. Perfect Mission, the outside. They're in a duel, 100 to go. Miss Hellfire is answering the challenge. Perfect Mission can't get it yet. Miss Hellfire, hands and heels to the line. Too good. Beat Perfect Mission. Beat a fair and square. Stroll third, Honeypot fourth. Then Mouet, followed by, at the head of the others, was uh, Affogato Girl passing a few, then Exo Lady, Departo Uncorked, and Tycoon Mistress last home in a much quicker 1-5 for the 1,100 metres. Yes, almost one second faster, which we outline, and Miss Hellfire joins Russian Conquest for Team Snowden to make the attack next week in the Magic Millions. And uh, Paul Snowden's joining us now. Paul, good morning. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. Uh, you would have been very satisfied, naturally, with the winning result, but this filly, the two times I've seen her, Got speed to put herself into the race, can, can take a position, but very tough. She was tough at Wyong and she was tough yesterday. Yeah, look, there's, there's two main attributes that she does have. She possesses that, that early speed. She get, leaves the gates extremely well and is able to do it quite easy and comfortably. Uh, whether or not she, she's um, quick enough to lead a magic means, that remains to be seen. But um, what she does do, she's got a, a good racing brain about her and she's learning from run, one run to the next, which is very... Uh, very pleasing also. 
Paul, she's shown a bit of resilience in, in both runs as well. The, the, the Wyong race was a run-on race and, and she was there to be run down. And then again yesterday, she was there to be run down but, but found again. Very tough, Philly. Um, and that's that's pretty much in her makeup right from day one. But she possesses a bit of um, a bit of quality on the dam side. Yeah, she was a group one. Uh, she was a, a miler uh, winner. So that's where I think that stamina comes from. She's able to sort of sustain it at a good gallop and, and still be strong late. So definitely the 12 hours is not going to be an issue. It's probably going to play more of a favour next week. There's a bit to play out, and, and particularly with the barrier draw on Tuesday, but you've also got Russian Conquest in the race. Uh, how do you compare these two fillies? How do you line them up against each other, Miss Hellfire and Russian Conquest? Yeah, like I said, Miss Hellfire, she's definitely going to improve once you get beyond this preparation and obviously out to sort of seven furlongs. There's no doubt about that, but Obviously, um, you know we're trying to we're trying to uh, one thing on our mind is, is next week, and she's well and truly earned a spot there. But obviously, you said Barry's is going to play a major role. Um, I've really been really happy with Russian Conquest. She's the one who's coming up extremely well, and she seems to possess a little bit of class about her. She's she's um, still not the furnished product as all of these probably two roles are going to compete against each other next week, but. What she has got, she's got a little bit of class, and, and that's what we're seeing at home, and that's what gives me confidence going into next Saturday. A few years back, Paul, you and your dad were the, were the hunted, so to speak, with Capitalist being such a dominant favourite. This year, we've got a dominant favourite in a different stable, and you're the, the hunters, so to speak. There, You've got those two um, horses there sort of aiming to knock Phil and Gatter off. Your, your comments yesterday suggest that, you know, you think she is a beatable commodity, Phil and Gatter, next week? Well, it's a horse race. Every, every horse is beatable. Um, and this barrier draw is certainly going to be vital to a number of horses' chances, and, and it'll it'll probably rub out a few chances as well. That's the nature of the beast. But what we are, we, we're very happy with our two fillies. She's going to back up extremely well, Miss Elfire, and there's, there's still a little bit left in the locker there on purpose for this reason. We were expecting to win yesterday, and she duly saluted. But um, as I said, we, we're just timing is everything with these sort of races and, and these horses, and... Um, Hopefully, we're looking like we've got it right for next week. What's the riding position with these two fillies next week? Uh, Kieran McAvoy rides Russian Conquest, and Jimmy Clark will sit on Miss um, Elfire. Is there much else you've got coming for the for the day next week, Paul? Yeah, we're going to have at least I think eight or nine runners on the day. We've got a couple in the maiden. Philly uh, called Warmth. He's coming up extremely well. So, obviously, this is the target for a number of horses, and, and no doubt she's one of those. But um, uh, Aim and Poetic Charmer like to see them back on top of the ground, which I think they'll suit them. Um, we've got King of Sparta and Constructing the Guineas. Uh, and that's about it, I think. King of Sparta's right up there in the market for the Guineas. What did you What did you think of his run at Gosford? No, he was very good. Um, again, first up, there's a little bit left there to improve into his second up run. He got back a touch further than what we would have liked, and it was a doughy, doughy track, which he's, he's a really good dynamite dry track horse. He ran extremely well, and his run just ended 50 out. So um, do what he did and come from that far back what he did. He had a lot of merit, and I'm really looking forward to him running next Saturday. Paul, it's such an important week um, in terms of setting up the future, you know, the, the, the yearlings that you, you buy there this, this coming week. Are you and your dad both on the grounds this week and, and you, how's the preparatory work been for the sale? Yeah, look, through the COVID um, period last year where we had to do that two-week quarantine to come up, Dad never came up, but um, I actually made him come up last night, so we, we just started looking at them again today, so he's here today and he'll spend a couple of days here and he'll go back home, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 different. Um, there's there's a lot of nice horses here. You know, that's not that's not surprising. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things you need to take into consideration as well because um, I think it's probably harder than last year. Gee, the truth is, a lot of nice horses here. I think we might have just lost Paul then, but we appreciate his time this morning. He's got uh, the two horses in. He has got the two horses in. Miss Hellfire and Russian Conquest next Saturday. Now, Miss Hellfire, Nathan, firm from 34 down to 15. I didn't mention Mashani Spartan, 101 down to down to 17. I, I think it's fair to say uh, Miss Hellfire would need to draw reasonably well to be a winning chance. Um, possibly. I've got it there at $11 in the tab market. I refreshed it this morning, Dave. It was 15 into 11, so I've got Miss Hellfire there as equal well, you would, uh, you, third pick with... Soaring ambition. You would be right because I'm working off uh, a document here that it would be before that, so $11. What price is Mashani Spartan then? Might have got it wrong too.
He's there at $17. So, so Miss Hellfire, good yesterday. Perfect mission. Uh, I was on her. I, I, she had her chance to win. She was, as I said in the call, she was beaten fair, fairly and squarely, I thought. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, she, she did have a chance. I think she's done a good job. Perfect mission. Um, I think Stroll's one worth mentioning, David. I heard Matt Hoisted speak earlier in the week about Stroll and, like, gee, he was uh, very praising of her and for her to do what she's done in those two starts, I think she's a filly of the future and, and Honeypot's run OK as well, uh, given the, the, the preparation that she's um, she's endured to, to, to this point. So I think there'll be a bit of form coming out of that race. No doubt at all. But as we said, Coolangatta, the $1.70 favourite on tab fix to take out next week's Magic Millions and, as we were saying, holding almost 50% of the market. Let's shift away from the two-year-olds now and we'll go to one of the uh, feature races, the, the Male Rising Stars. Now, Paladas was a short-priced favourite here, into $1.90, but we talked about Mashani Spartan delivering a last-to-first performance. It wasn't the only one of the day. Here's the replay. In the straight, though, Laheros led the way from Yasik, who's gone. Nearer the inside, there was Safe Work battling away. Paladas hitting top gear. So too is Thundermania. Laheros now tackled by Paladas on the outside. Thundermania. And here comes the Ritz. Look at him come. Booming right down the outside. It's last to first on a couple of fronts. The Ritz has won. And beat name Paladas. Photo third, Thundermania or good chat. They're followed then by Logo Mania, then Laheros, Safe Work, Yardstick. Well back was Super Gorgeous with Golden 80, Mashani Fraudster, and LaForce whipped them in in 118 and 2. Yes, last to first, the Ritz putting his best foot forward, and we know he's a talent. His record tells us that. Eight starts, five wins on the board, and gave the Michael Costa stable a double yesterday on a day that really counts. And I thought we'd have a chat with Michael this morning. We've spoken to him plenty of times leading up to the the big day yesterday, but certainly worth chatting with him after. Michael, good morning. Good morning. And congratulations. First up, I, I want to pay compliment to the stable to have so many runners ready and, and live chances on a big day like that on your home track. It must be very satisfying for you when you can get one or two winners, which you did. Yeah, it is on the, on the big day, and you've got the Magic Million sales as well leading into this week, so it's a crucial day to get winners and try and get a little bit of momentum into into, into the sale. And it was good that, uh, well, we thought our best chance was uh, was Manhood, and he actually pulled up a little bit sore, but the rest of them all ran extremely well and um, to win two big races, and Sheik and Singh to finish third, just pipped, and uh, perfect mission to run second. It was a good day all around, but you're never really satisfied unless you win them all. <laughs> Michael, I... I... Maybe I was reading too much into this, but I, I love the placement of this horse, the Ritz. He won those two races. Then you've obviously put him in a race there first up that he needed to have a run, but you sort of couldn't win it in terms of losing the Class 4 status to keep your eligibility for this race alive. Yeah, well, that's um, we targeted this race for... Well, I won this race with Fobita, so it's always a race you sort of keep in the back of your mind. And at the beginning of the prep, it, it was his target. And uh, we just paying, had a little bit of issue with this horse's, horse's feet, so we... Played around, couldn't quite get him right. Went to barb plates, and then uh, we really found that the barb plates worked for him in, in relieving the pressure. But uh, we know the barb plates aren't the best sort of gear change going into a race, so we chucked him in the in that listed race. Um, look, if he won, it would have been a, a great great result. But um, the, the whole idea was to keep that class four status. We pulled to pull the barb plates off, and then on Tuesday morning, he, he worked the house down without the barb plates. So we're quietly confident going into into this race yesterday. He was back stone motherless last, but the gallop was good. They were going strongly out in front, so uh, it wasn't an easy watch, but in the end, he was strong at the end. Now, this is only his second run, this campaign. It's, it seems like a grand final yesterday, winning this quarter-of-a-million-dollar race, but where do we head with him now? Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely was the, the grand final and, and the target, and he's just such an... Un- uh, you forget the horses in the stable. He's just a plain-looking fella. Uh, he goes about his business and he's extremely quiet and just one of those quiet buildings to have in the barn. So he's always stepped up and he's got a good record, but he's got that good record because we've placed him right. But after yesterday's achievement, we'll, uh, we'll just go to try and pick off some more prize money and um, we'll just take it step by step and uh, we'll see where we go. He's never been a horse which has blown you away in, in any stage in track work, but um, we'll see where he takes us. But... At this stage, it's job done. Uh, the owners are a big ownership group and about as loud as I've heard the Gold Coast mm. Turf Club yesterday with that ownership group. So that's what it's all about. 
<laughs> Michael, David and I were talking yesterday morning about the conditions of this uh, the Country Cup and, and uh, with regards to Sir Rocket, you obviously knew exactly what you were doing. You got him into the race there. Just explain to us the, how, what you had to do to get him qualified for that particular race. Yeah, my racing manager was really on top of uh, of this one and you, the horses can't win the Saturday, a Saturday Metro race and they've got to have, I believe, it's at least five provincial runs, uh, something in their last 12 months. Or, um, so that's the, the criteria they've, they've got to meet. So uh, with, he's another horse that we've placed extremely well. We definitely could have uh, had a crack at a few, a few Saturday Metro races but kept this race as, uh, as the target. And uh, that was good for the ownership group to back us in and to support us on this sort of target race because it's paid off yesterday. He's gone into a, another quarter of a million dollar race and has picked up 145000 for uh, for uh, being a little bit patient with him. I see the Mikowskis family are part owners and, of course, those colours made pretty famous by Lucky Hustler a few seasons ago. Unlike the Ritz, Sir Rockets is quite well into his preparation. He's He's been racing consistently since October. What's the plan with him now after yesterday? Uh, the owners are pretty keen to see if we can get into the big field next Saturday. It's mm. that time of year to back up and be a rock hard fit horse. It's a, it's a bit of a uh, you know a dream if he's up to that level. It's, uh, he probably hasn't shown that yet, but the time of year it is, you can throw the acceptance in and see what happens if you get into the cup race next week. But uh, if that doesn't pan out, he's, there's, in, there's a couple of class six races and things like that. He can have his crack at the Saturday Metro races and he's just another horse who'll try and maximise prize money for the owners. And Perfect Mission, um, she's done a terrific job as well, this prep. Yeah, she was unlucky not to win a first two, and she looked the winner uh, yesterday looming up. But what I was surprised about was just how big a blow she had for um, somewhat of race at Philly. We did give her six days in the paddock after her last start, and I might have just overdone it in, in freshening her up. But it's one of those balances where you try and get him to peak on the, on the big day, which is next weekend. So even though we didn't think it was the ideal plan, having four runs leading in and, and the run backing up, the blow that she had might have been the master stroke to give her the best opportunity to run next weekend as a rock-hard fit uh, filly. And she can sing. We must mention her very capable uh, mare, uh, on, on speed mare, never runs a bad race. 1,300 yesterday. Do you think, uh, looking back at the run, that maybe she's, she's probably more effective at 1,200? Look, I think if it was a 1,200-metre race, she wins. The the only thing she had a little bit... We had a virus go through the stable, and uh, she was one of the ones which was affected, and she was meant to have a run like the wrist leading in. Uh, but unfortunately, she didn't get that. She got two trials, and that probably was more what paid its toll. So I wouldn't rule out the 1,300, 1,400. I definitely think the Blinkers addition was a was a huge asset for her. And it was, I think it was more the fact that we just lacked that uh, one run in against race good horses yesterday. But... Um, doesn't pan out, we're more than happy to go back to the 1200 as well. Michael, we've heard this morning how you are a meticulous planner and you've been here in Queensland five or so years now and we know you've had a, a plan. First question, are you happy with where you're at in, in terms of that progression? And, and secondly, how are you placed in terms of going out next week and buying some horses that take your eye at the Magic Million sales? Yeah, we're happy. Look, last year, uh, well, two years ago, we finished in the top five strike rates in the country and last year with the, the top winning strike rates. So to do that with our buying power was a, was a great effort. But as, um, like I said before, if you're not winning them all, you're never quite satisfied and you're always wanting tomorrow today. So there's always that, that hunger to, to want more. And every now and then you do have to reflect and um, not give yourself a pat on the back, but we have, we have come a long way and it's to do with our... You know, good owners database that we've we've grown here in South East Queensland, and this year coming into the sales, this is the first year where we've we've got active orders with people which are uh, wanting to go out and buy for them. Uh, before it's all been bought on spec, these cheap horses like Sheik and Sing for twenty eight thousand, Perfect Mission for twenty six. But hopefully this year we can just improve our buying power. If we can improve the buying power, then hopefully we can uh, be a you know, a household name and, and give a good a good foothold in that top 10 um, in Queensland. Yeah, you're certainly in a good place and a, a, an excellent job yesterday, not only getting all of those horses to the track, but, but winning two feature races. And, and good luck again next Saturday. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much, Tiff. Michael Costa joining us. Um, training the Ritz, uh, last to first, and, and Sir Rocket winning the Country Cup. Sir Rocket winning a Country Cup and never raced in the country, Nathan.
So there we go to this morning. It's a provincial cup, David. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's something I think they have to look at when we only had eight runners go to the post. Let's take a break. Still plenty to talk about on the Wave Race Day yesterday. Thanks for your company this morning. You're on Past the Post. Back soon. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Archer Park Racing, uh, they'll be at the, the sales every day, so make sure you catch up with them there. Maybe get into a horse, uh, a potential Magic Millions runner for next year, Archer Park Racing. Go to their website too, archerparkracing.com.au. Uh, plenty of information there, and you can contact uh, Chris West or any of the team to find out more to become part of the Archer Park Racing team. We're looking back at racing at the Gold Coast yesterday on the Tab Wave race day. Let's have a listen to the female Rising Stars race for the Magic Millions. And Boom Nova was the favourite, but was seriously challenged for favouritism by Lady of Luxury. Out in the straight, though, Boom Nova now roused up, trying to hold off the challenge of Sheik and Seeger, followed by Lady Bev moving into the clear. Wider on the track was Empowerment, Dubai Pride running a race at odds. Lady of Luxury starts to get about a business now, but running out of time. Boom Nova is gone. Sheik and Seeger reach the lead. Lady Bev's trying hard. Lady of Luxury's hitting top gear now. Lady of Luxury's coming fast. Lady Bev, Lady of Luxury. Lady of Luxury, I think, got up and beat Lady Bev for the photo. Photo finish. Third, she can sing. They're missing charge, Dubai Pride. Followed by, at the head of the others, was Empowerment, Elvita. Boom, Nova stopped as if shot. Then Sister Eleanor, Fall on the Star, and Drizzle has last over the line in 118. I was kicking myself on the run here saying, why the hell did I back this, knowing it would probably be a slowly run race, knowing that she'd be <laughs> back in the field, and she delivered almost the impossible. I felt it was a damn good win, Nathan. It was it was a damn good ride too. I, I thought to, to pick his way off through the field, but but that's the way she's been attacking the line there in in Sydney. This preparation, David, and um, I was cursing when Lady Banff hit the front. I thought, gee, she, she had Lady Banff covered last time, but um, fortunately she was able to get her down. Yeah, exactly. Now she may well back up next week too, Lady of Luxury. Uh, but most impressive there yesterday in, in a rich vein of form at the moment. Uh, in stark contrast, Boom Nova, who had the easiest of runs in front, uh, in comparison to the Ritz's Rising Stars, where they went hard, they went they went slowly here. She was the first who was gone and, and had to offer an excuse. It was out of character, but again, it just shows the vagaries, I think, of wet tracks. We'd seen her fail pretty badly on a heavy track there at the Gold Coast previously, and we're sort of thinking after the run at Doom, but oh, well, she's OK to a six or so, but maybe it's another horses for courses scenario, David, where she doesn't like the, that wet track at the Gold Coast, or it tells us again how we think we understand wet track racing, but there's just so many different variations of them. And Bjorn Baker will play a strong hand in the Sub-Zero next week. Uh, Parry Sound, I think it's the pre-post favourite, coming off that last start uh, Sydney win, and of course was placed in this race last year. Well, he had, I think he had a winner in Sydney about 10 minutes before Lady of Luxury won. He ended up having a double in Sydney there yesterday, and he had a winner at uh, Canterbury on, on Friday night. So he's, he's had a good 24 hours uh, the stable. Let's have a listen to some of the other highlights from racing at Gold Coast yesterday. This short course race, the 900-metre quality, was a very, very good betting race, and in the end, the move was heavily backed late to run 350 and favourite. Remlaps Gems the leader from Invincible Land as they come around the turn. Racecourse Road emerging to third. Wider King Klaus. Albalagio is sticking towards the inside, then Needorp. And the move about five to six off them. Remlaps Gem is giving them something to chase. Down towards the 200 metres. It's well clear currently. Racecourse Road sitting about after it gamely. The move and Jewel Spirit down the outside with King Klaus. But it's Remlaps Gem in front. Well clear. Too quick, too fast, too smart. Remlaps Gem beat Racecourse Road. Jewel Spirit out wide third. The move fourth. Then came King Klaus, followed by Al Bellagio, Miss and Niedorp. Then came One Strike, followed by Gogol, Osmanov, Tyzone, Invincible Lad, and Plaguestone whipped them in in 52.02. I got this one wrong. I didn't consider Remlabs, Gemma. I've got to give credit to Steve Hewlett. He was all over it. He spoke to the trainer yesterday morning, Scott Singleton, and he gave us a good rap. And I was thinking to myself, he'll leave. Well, this led pretty comfortably, Remlabs, Gemma. Real smart short courser. Yeah, the country New South Wales horses over the short course is always competitive here. David, this race confounded me, the betting here. Like, we, we often talk about how nimble this betting market is in South East Queensland and how accurate it is. I'm, I'm still stunned, as a city of this morning, that the move would start $3.50 favourite on a heavy track. 
Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on it. And similarly, uh, that mass destruction would still be fairly solid in the market in the last race, given the track conditions, what the trainer had said pre-race, what we knew of the, the two of them on wet ground. Uh, any thoughts? Well, I, I suppose mass destruction did get out from a 350 to 460, so mm. it was soft. But it, the, the move for the move surprised me because uh, even and even allowing if the track had been, if we hadn't got the rain, I just yeah. wasn't quite sure where the move was going to land. So, I, you know, you, you'll be right, you can be wrong. But when the rain came, I thought, well, this will get out. But in stark contrast, it, it came in four four twenty down to $3.50. Still around an honest race in running fourth. But yeah, it's far, run well. Far more effective on, on firmer ground. But Air Emblem's Gem uh, made uh, full use of uh, its speed and gave Brett Preble a riding double, of course, successful on Mashani Spartan earlier. Racecourse Road, typically honest, dual spirit, ran well in finishing third. Let's go to the, the country cup. We'll have a listen to Sir Rocket in action. In the home straight, though, Maloney gave the favourite a squeeze, Sir Rocket, and he booted to the lead. He dashed away from Get Your Grey on Star of O'Reilly running on. Sir Rocket in front, 100 left to run. Star of O'Reilly trying to make a race of it, but Sir Rocket is answering to the challenge. Sir Rocket too good. Beat home, Star of O'Reilly. Vanasta. Vanasta up for third, then Penasquito. Get Your Grey on Mashani Bullet. Dropping out was Joanu, and only one of Singh ran last in 111.99. We'll talk about betting. There was a hell of a lot of confidence here. Went up 170 on the QOP. They just kept taking it. SP'd at 145. You could have got, I suppose there would have been some deductions with diesel and dust coming up, but I think it went up about 230 when the markets went up earlier in the week. We're around the 210 mark. Yeah, and I think it still was, was it $1.90 or so yesterday morning, $1.85. So, um, but we were sort of wondering where else where else you'd go with the market, and uh, that told the story. There was nowhere else to go, and um, it, it wasn't the easiest watch, as your call sort of you know, outlined there, that there was a little fleeting moment, but in the end, uh, it was far too good. And um, as already outlined this morning, he was very well placed to, to land in that $250,000 race. You got your bank balance off to a good start. You like Starman in the first, and uh, as it turned out, that Sydney form was superior to its rivals. Oh, gee, it won easily too. He did. So I think about nine dollars now for the Magic Millions uh, guineas, David. Um, it was back to twelve hundred yesterday. So whether he's a more effective horse at twelve hundred than fourteen hundred, we, we find out in um, a week's time. But um, I know Mark Guest last week was sort of keen to find out whether or not he was going to make the field star and so I assume James McDonald will take that ride um, and he'll, he'll have admirers off the back of that obviously it's another level next week but, but gee, it was a one act affair wasn't it I Black Book Dundas on our Black Booker show recently and had no luck in a maiden at Ipswich I said it'll be in a maiden somewhere it should be a good thing <laughs> It ran third take, at 100 to 1 yesterday. You didn't take the $20 of the place? No, I certainly didn't. And the only <laughs> other race we haven't discussed was the last race, and uh, Noel Callow and plenty of plaudits here from those who back Sea Raider. He had it on speed, and a horse who was suited in the conditions. Pretty uh, underrated horse, Sea Raider, for the record it's got. Yeah, and he keeps turning up preparation after preparation. He clearly loves that wet ground. It was a real sweet spot for him yesterday, and he arrived... On time, bro, Roman Aureus, he puts in every single time, but um, he just keeps finding one or two better. And I've got to give credit, um, not reluctantly either, to, to Michael Maxworthy. He selected this on top and backed it as well. So good job there, Michael. Let's look at uh, next week. As we said at the top of the show, Coolan Gatter is a seventy. I don't think much has changed, Nathan, in the sense a lot of the discussion or most of the discussion around this, this race next week is you're either with Coolan Gatter or you're against Kool and Gatter. The market is clearly with, with Kool and Gatter, uh, not knowing what their liabilities are. But I think there are horses starting to emerge now as as legitimate um, um, dangers to, to Kool and Gatter. Russian Conquest, we've spoken with Paul Snowden at $7. Miss Hellfire, the stable mate, 11 Soaring Ambition, 11 Golden Artie, 17 with Mashani Spartan Stupendo. Bright Blue Sky, 21 It worked with Axe yesterday between races. Axe had the wood on it. I think they ran about 40, got it here, 40, last 600 I know was in 35 and they ran 48.69 for the 800 metres. But I've got bad memories of watching gallops between races leading up to the Magic <laughs> Millions when I thought Farnham was a certainty and of course they won, what, 100 races in a row after that. But anyway. Uh, you were kind of right. He was the best two-year-old that year. Just your impressions, your thoughts. Uh, are you with or against Cool and Gatto? Um, it sounds like against. 
Yeah, I find a dollar seventy too short, um, given that the most recent appearance we saw said that she's vulnerable. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that she would get out. My suspicion is we'll see a, a better horse next week than what we we saw at Doombin. I think track conditions possibly important to that. Um, it's still the standout performance of the season, the gym crack. Um, so if we get firmer footing, uh, I think I will be in her corner. But if it's not, then I'd be looking looking elsewhere. For so long, Jamea and King of Sparta were equal favourites, co-favourites for the Guineas. But that's changed during the week. Yeah. And Lethal has now emerged as the new favourite, $5 top of the tree, with Jamea and King of Sparta at six. The Queenslander indiscreetly eight. Shahonka nine. Starman, you mentioned nine. And the one I'm really warming to uh, is Mimi Lagarde at eleven dollars and fifteen, or better the others. Yeah, the, the Iron Lethal's elevation is off the back of a win there on New Year's Day at the Kensington track, where he won pretty comfortably for the John O'Shea stable. Um, but Jamea, you'd be sort of lukewarm on, given that she hasn't had a lead in King of Sparta. We've spoken about indiscreetly; has been an interesting one. Just kept firming, firming, firming all the time. Now that we know that she's going to get a start. Um, and I don't, I don't disagree with you, David, that Mimi Lagarde looks a, a red-hot chance um, after what she did at Eagle Farm. You mentioned indiscreetly. Dan Bagore will be a, a special guest of mine tomorrow on Press Room. We'll talk about indiscreetly, but I also want to talk about, go back in time and talk about Strawberry Road. I want to talk about Falvalot. They're, they're good stories, and we'll spend some time with Dan in the first half of Press Room tomorrow morning, so hope you can join me for that. Let's uh, bow out on this edition of Pass the Post. We'll go to uh, Royal Ram. We can listen to the January Cup and a horse we know pretty well got the money. Topping the straight and Attorney hit the front from Fun Fact. So Wicked quickly beaten. Mubar is down the centre of the track. So you wins coming late. Mubar is hit the front at the 150. So you wins gunning out after it now. 100 to go. So you win. Mubar is. So you wins doing a bit the better. And so you win will win the January Cup. Beat Mubar is. They raced away. Five lengths Attorney third. Fourth, either Fun Fact or Mustajia. Fun Fact came back in the end. Order again next in. Then South Pacific, pecuniary interest, the Lord Mayor, and So Wicked tailed off. Of course, it was Rose Hill Gardens, but So You Win, uh, continuing a trend that the Wallace Stable does with these stayers up and down the coast, Brisbane, Sydney, Sydney, Brisbane, seems to work. Yeah, it does, and um, he's been good horse all in the past 12 months. He was beaten by Parry Sound last time, David, and, and Parry Sound is the... $3.50 favourite with Tab at the moment for the Magic Million Sub-Zero next week. Well, I think we've covered all we can. Pre- appreciate your time this morning, Nathan. I look forward to talking next... We'll, we'll talk, of course, in the preview next Saturday, but next Sunday when we wrap up the big Magic Millions Day. Yeah, and all the best to Magic Millions and the Gold Coast Turf Club for what is just a magnificent week coming up. And uh, fingers crossed everything goes sweetly. They've got the polo today. They've got the barrier draw Tuesday, the sale start on Tuesday. So it's all ahead of us. Thanks, mate. Cheers, David. Nathan X will be joining us this morning here on Pass the Post. And thanks for your company as well. Hope you enjoyed the program. Have a good day. Join me for Press Room tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.